Hello everyone and welcome to the Giant Brain Lecture Theatre. I'm Ian McAllister and I'll be your interviewer tonight. The world of conventions has been a turbulent one over the last few years. The pandemic meant that many conventions went online, on hiatus, or simply vanished, never to return. Although coronavirus may not be over, the lessening impact on society has allowed for the return of public gatherings and the resumption of conventions. I was honoured to be invited to attend GothCon, one of the biggest gaming conventions in Sweden, in and in order to prepare me for that and to get some insights into the Swedish gaming scene, I'm delighted to welcome Pontus Volk and Hampus Norden from the GothCon Organising Committee to the Giant Brain at Lecture Theatre. How are you doing, gents? Fine, thanks. Thank you for having us. I hope I got your names pronounced correctly there. This is one of my big fears for coming over to GothCon is that I'll have to remember everyone's name, which I'm bad at anyway, and also pronounce them correctly. Oh, close enough. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> close, close enough. Excellent. Well, so let's start with an easy one. What what is GothCon, and how long has it been running for? Well, it's a uh, let's say non digital convention uh, with from the start mostly role playing games, um, but since a long time back, we also have board games, miniature war games. Uh, we have had cosplay, a lot of sure. people coming there to sell stuff like game makers yeah, and stuff yeah excellent so also sort of exhibitors and that kind of type yeah exactly we'll be going on since 1977 1977 wow yeah okay. i was told that we were the oldest running convention in the world but i'm not sure that's correct in the world oh i've never heard that but i like yeah. it let's say we are yeah let's say we are yeah, yeah. I, i'm trying to i'm trying to remember when gen con started and it, it might be a bit later than that the official sort of Gen Con and what it is now from what it was. That's interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look that one up. 1977. No, don't bother. Oop. Just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up later. <laughs> so uh, what's what's the general sort of size of the convention these days? Well, it's a bit hard to say with the pandemic and all, but before that, we had some, some pretty stable years with counting in the staff and the organizers. We had about between 2,200, 2,600 people all in all. Great. Yeah. That's pretty good attendance. Yeah, so where is it held? So it's, it's held in Gothenburg, um, but whereabouts in Gothenburg? Like, what's, the, what's the venue like? It's actually a school or a collection of schools right in the middle of town. It's actually my old high school. So, all right. Um, yeah. So we're we're um, renting like six or seven buildings smack in the middle of town. Okay. Yeah, it's really easy to get there if you come to Gothenburg. So, well, uh, a collection of schools. Can you sort of clarify that for me? Is it like di different sort of like? Is it like primary? Well, what we'd call primary. So like young children and then teenagers and that kind of thing, all sort of together in one campus. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, both the municipal high school and also some private schools. So six different buildings with not all of them the same owners. All right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. We've got some campuses like that in the UK, but not not that many. There's actually there's one near me down in Dalkeith, sort of like primary school, high school, and a sort of special education school as well. All right. All sort of all on one campus. I believe they want to do that more across the country, though there's some controversy about that. Anyway. Getting off topic. You mentioned the pandemic there, Hampus. Like how, how did the years of the pandemic affect your ability to put on GothCon? 
I know Sweden's response to the coronavirus is quite different to the UK's. So were, were things shut down? Did you continue? No, right um, in the beginning, we are held every Easter. We've always been been uh, doing the, uh, on Easter. So when the pandemic broke in like start of March, yeah, we, we only had a few weeks. So it was cancelled the first year, 2020, the first pandemic year. Uh, there was no way for us to to um, to have it. Sure, uh, which is really sad. Uh, we had a lot of great plans for that year, that were sadly cancelled. And to, just to just to clarify, the beginning of March is when the Swedish government announced its restrictions on uh, how many people could be in a certain crowd. Yeah, um, sure. That that's what gave us, I I think maybe five weeks at most <laughs> to see if we could um, make something else happen. But that was just too short notice. Yeah, sure. Did you move online at all that year, or did it, did it just get cancelled completely? It cancelled completely. We had we had so many so much resources dug into everything else that we couldn't uh, go. So usually we are not the digital convention at all. Uh, we have very little attendance online, so uh, it was hard for us to just reset in a few weeks. Yeah, of course. Um, that was my last year as a chairman, and then Pontus took over. And uh, well, Pontus, you 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 can tell about the first year you had. <laughs> yeah, sure. That was a doozy. Yeah, for the um, so for the oh gosh, time is so difficult to keep track of now. Twenty twenty one, yeah, uh, the convention twenty twenty one, yeah, that was my first year as chairman, and that was the year that we switched to do a um, primarily digital convention because the restrictions were still in place, so we still couldn't do um, a regular uh, convention. Right. So, um, what 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 sort of form did that take? What did it look like? It took the form of us basically uh, organizing a few events. In a, so we, we rented a school, a much smaller school than we usually rent. And we organized a few small physical set pieces um, that we then live streamed. So we had a Swedish game publisher, for example, demoed one of their new games. Um, okay. We had um, a 40k hidden uh, tournament. We had a, a diorama miniature game uh, called Brains and a couple of other things like that. And some um, role play live. We had some um, lectures, that kind of stuff, panel uh, panel chats and um, things like that. Sure. And those were all sort of streamed uh, for people to uh, consume online. Yeah. And also we built up our Discord and, and uh, sort of invited people in to, you know, play on on um, on various tabletop simulators in our Discord uh, and, and uh, you know, do our do, 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 do the best we could to emulate the feeling of being at a convention, even though no one could actually be at a convention. Sure. Yeah. But like many conventions did. Did, did, did it go back to sort of being a full convention in 2022? Yes, it did. Um, we went back to uh, more or less the usual, although the year immediately after the convention, our attendance record went down a little bit. Um, sure. But um, yeah, we were we were back in uh, more or less our old uh, our old form uh, as of last year. Sure. Has there been any? I know some conventions have had some demand from folk who have been consuming digital conventions and can't attend normally for whatever reason to continue that sort of digital presence in some way or form. Have you seen any of that sort of demand upon yourselves for 2023? Yeah, there's been a few people actually mentioning that 
the digital year was their first and only year they've been to GotCon because they haven't been able to attend for whatever reason. Uh, so we know that a few people actually would like us to have a permanent digital presence as well. Have you done anything about that for, for this year? Are you going to sort of try and stream some parts of the convention for folk online? No streaming this year, but we had have built up our pod collection of rooms. Yep, sure. Um, that is something that Pontus is part of working on, I think. So, so maybe you can tell more about that, Pontus. Yeah, sure. Um, yes, uh, uh, Ian knows about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm but, in uh, that discourse. <laughs> yes, yeah. you are. Um, but uh, this year. A few of our um, sort of podcasts who show up each year. Um, last year, they did something slightly impromptu, which turned into something really cool. They they they've banded together to make kind of a common pod room um, at the convention, which is tons and tons of uh, pods uh, of, of tabletop game pods in Sweden, um, kind of gathering together and. A, sharing resources and also just collaborating, doing tons of interviews that cross over between different pods and stuff like that. And uh, talking about not just GothCon, but uh, things like that, which has been a, a really, really cool thing to see. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to get involved in some of that stuff myself when I'm over. So how does GothCon get organized? You guys have mentioned a committee a couple of times. Is the committee always the same? Are, are you volunteers to this thing? Is it... Is it a paid position? How, how does it work? It's not paid. I can assure you of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, none of us are paid. Uh, we have other full-time jobs, um, sure. but it's uh, we have a, a yearly meeting uh, where we decide on the board, and then the board gets to uh, take out a committee of people. Usually, it's the same as last year, but of course, we, as everyone else, need to to fill up each year um and then um uh, we have meetings during the year uh dates that we have to get our web page online and and all the people are coming in and just yesterday we released our pre-booking for the visitors every all the tickets were released yesterday great yeah well so do is there how how does that sort of committee come about is it is there a sort of voting system for like who gets on it or is it just a matter of some sticking up their hand or i know like some of the smaller conventions here run the sort of similar kind of thing where there's a sort of a voting kind of thing happens every year but how's, how's it work for GothCon? uh so just to reiterate what um Humpa said there in the beginning the the board is elected democratically right. um with every member of uh the GothCon organization voting, um, and then the board kind of appoints the committee um, or the the staff, as we call it. Um, sure. Which I mean, ninety nine percent of the time, <laughs> if you put your hand up for a position, you get that <laughs> yeah. position. Um, but but officially, it's appointed by the uh, uh, board. Sure. So. I mean, I don't know much about the, the Swedish gaming scene. Uh, so what would you say are the sort of defining characteristics of that scene? Is there a particular flavor or design philosophy that runs through a lot of games produced in Sweden? I'm not really sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what's, been really, what's been really interesting is that in the last 10 or so years, there's been quite a, an RPG uh, revolution 
in Sweden, um, right. which I've I've always had the impression that when it comes to when it comes to board games, like the Swedish scene kind of outputs as many games as you'd expect a country like Sweden to do. But in terms of RPG, Sweden punches a bit above its weight. Okay. Um, and has historically too. We have tons of we have a pretty strong RPG tradition in Sweden with uh, uh, older games like Draka and the Mornar and um, uh, a bunch of different versions of Mutant and, and and all kinds of different things like that. But in the last decade or so, you've had primarily tons of stuff like uh, Free League coming out mm-hmm. with just game after game after game. Which sure. I am extremely happy to say, a lot of those games were sort of premiered at Gothcon. Um, nice. I'm not really, I'm, I'm not really clever enough to analyze those games for any sort <laughs> of uh, themes to tell you uh, what are what are what are Swedish RPGs like in in any deeper kind of sense. But we output quite a lot of them, and, and especially in the last ten or so years, and those are just. Uh, the big ones that sort of reach out internationally. There are there are ones uh, that you probably don't know if you're not from Sweden, as well. Do you have a particular favorite yourself, Pontus and Hampus? Are you both role players, or yeah, yeah, yeah. we are. Uh, so, particular favorites from the Swedish gaming scene for yourselves? For me, I love Simbro from Free League. Oh, okay, I, I haven't played Simbro. I've only played Vasen. Fa- uh, yeah, yeah, lesson, lesson uh, from yeah. Uh, for, so yeah, I've played that and really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the dark fantasy stuff. The setting is is awesome. Cool. I am just trying to remember how it was translated into English. Uh, <laughs> Tales from the Loop. Tales from the Loop. I really, really enjoyed when that came out a few years ago, and I had the. Uh, opportunity to play one of the scenarios with one of the writers of that game um, as well. Really cool. Great. Um, yeah, because there's a, I believe there's, they've just announced a UK campaign book for Tales from the Loop. Fun. Uh, I know they did an American one, but have they? Yeah. Are they doing a UK one now? Oh, cool. Yeah, they, they just announced a, a couple of days ago trying to desperately remember what the name is i haven't played tales from the loop but it's on my sort of like want to run list i'm the primary gm in my group i don't know about you guys are you primary players or gms player player but actually trying my hand at gming um right now yeah for, for my for my local group my, my, my regular group i'm one of the i'm the main gm though someone else has sort of picked up some um some work recently which is good so I've actually got to play some games like Blades in the Dark, which I talked about on one of the Swedish podcasts recently. Uh, oh yes, absolutely. I heard. You. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely love. I, I, I might listen to that cast. I'm not sure. <laughs> Don't know if I want to listen back to myself talking and blabbering. Ian, what was the book you mentioned? Was it They Grow Up So Fast? Yes. That's yes. What it's called. That's the one. I saw it also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to remember what the name was because the name was really nice, uh, like a really interesting sounding name. Yes, they grow up so fast. So yeah, yeah, I, I, might, I might pick up. I'm, I'm not. I'm not always a big fan of running like pre-written campaigns. My brain doesn't quite work that way, which is why I like things like Blades in the Dark, which are a bit more improvisational in their nature for the GM. All right. But yeah, I might be. I might be tempted back into that kind of thing by Tales in the Loop, and they grow up so fast. If it's a sort of UK-based campaign, that could be kind of interesting. Nice. Uh, what are the sort of like? So you say there's like a sort of big RPG tradition in Sweden. Is, does that like harken back to 
like days of D anD D, or are there different origins for role playing games in Sweden? There are, unfortunately, um, uh, I wasn't a part of that tradition. Uh, I, I wasn't actually I wasn't a, a tabletop gamer um, until I got into my early twenties, really. Um, okay. So that kind of passed me by. But there, there definitely was there was a co-current uh, scene developing you know thanks to but also in uh, reaction to D&D and uh yeah the 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 Swedish RPG uh scene definitely went slightly its own way okay and uh, has kind of continued uh, the M- M- mutant year 0 another free league game for example sure, I'm sure yep. you know that game has its root in a much in several much much older Swedish RPGs dating back to 19 <laughs> Um, but that that's that that's a swedish rpg with a long and rich history cool so are there are there any big events in the swedish gaming calendar that are held specifically at gothcon that sort of like draw people into the convention we had some uh, tabletop championships and we had a lot of the role-playing companies do releases on gothcon okay what, what sort of thing? I think Pontus mentioned there's 40k tournaments and that kind of thing happening at the convention this year. Or... Well, I don't, I don't actually know if there are 40k tournaments this year. There usually are, so I'm betting there. Yeah, but I... yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've uh, we've had uh, historically we've had tournaments in uh, I mean Magic, uh, Carcassonne, Diplomacy. Uh, I believe. Oh, Diplomacy. Was, yeah, uh, that was that's going Munchkin. back a few years. Munchkin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I. I believe we have a. I don't know if it was. Uh, I don't know if it's in the Guinness Book of Records. It probably isn't. But I believe we have the uh, official record for the largest uh, game of uh, Carcassonne played yeah. at Gothcon. Yeah. Wow. How many players? Well, there were only like four players, but they filled up an entire room. They had like. Oh, like uh, you mean the size of the actual. Oh yeah, oh, physically yeah. the largest. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. It has, wow. A lot of boxes of Carcassonne for that. Yes. So it took them three days almost to yep. put all the tiles out. Something I've got a like feeling that. I may have seen pictures of that somewhere online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, then we also have uh, the Phoenix Awards um, at GothCon, which are uh, sort of Sweden's uh, premier RPG uh, award uh, ceremony. All right. Okay. Uh, what sort of categories are in that in, in those awards? Humpus helped me out here. Do you remember yeah. what exactly? <laughs> well, not exactly because there's like twenty different ones. But uh. yeah, sure. I think it's best art cover, uh, best story, uh, best role playing convention, which we actually won a few times. <clears throat> <clears throat> <Yes>. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Humpus, you're sort of in charge of exhibitor kind of things this year, are you? Or like yeah. you usually are, yeah. What exhibitors would you recommend I sort of check out when I'm over there? Oh, we have we have so many. Uh, I think it's like forty of them. Everything from people doing great art stuff um, to to like as we've spoken about earlier, free league. Yeah, of course. So, um, but just to mention a few, you should check out Krashnikov Art. Okay, it's a guy named Joe Taylor. He's uh, does some really really great stuff. Like Gothenburg scenes with a Cthulhu esque theme. It's, okay, sure. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, 
Anyone else? There are so many to check out. <laughs> <laughs> if you're um, if you're looking for um, uh, sort of a, uh, a Swedish game uh, developer kind of thing that you probably haven't heard of, I would recommend perhaps uh, finding Vild Hallon at one of our booths, assuming they're going to have a booth this year, but I yes, assume they are. They are. Wonderful. Um, they make kind of, uh, well, they make several different kinds of games, but they're, 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 uh, lately they've been releasing a lot of uh, like uh, politically themed, mainly card games. Um, okay, interesting. Like Swedish politically themed or worldwide politically themed or a bit of both? Uh, I mean, a bit of both. Uh, Swedish politics aren't that different from the rest of the world, so, you know. <laughs> Also released a, a zombie role-playing game called Shoot Them in the Head. Oh, yes. Sure. I mean, that seems straightforward enough to, to tell what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I was saying, Thomas, just before we uh, we started recording, that one of the things I really like to do at conventions is see smaller publishers, and especially coming across to Sweden, I'll be seeing publishers that I've never heard of, which will be fantastic. And like... Uh, the, the folk that don't necessarily have international reach, like Free League is obviously everywhere. And yes, it'll be nice to talk to those folk and and see their products, but it'd be it'll be more interesting for me to see the smaller publishers that are local to Gothenburg or Sweden. Yeah, and, sure. And, and 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 see their products. So yeah, uh, if if you have any recommend recommendations between now and then, just shoot them over to me, and I'll be sure to check them out. I've got a list already that I need to start actually reading up on and and getting in touch with. All the exhibitors are actually collected in one building on the school. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'll give you the tour. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'd love that. That'd be fantastic. So, so is it? Is it? How is the con split up? I'm just out of interest since we're on that. Well, we have, uh, as I said, like six buildings. Uh, sure. We usually have a big sports facility where we hold the bigger tournaments, like the 40k one or the Magic one. Sure. Um, and then there are a lot of drop-in events all over the school. We usually try to keep like board games in one place and miniature games one place, all the exhibitors in one building. And then there are a lot of, uh, of course, rooms that aren't available for everyone since role-playing sessions going on. Yeah. Um, and then we also have a, a cafe. So we, we serve some food and, and sell some merchandise there. It's also yeah. where our reception is. So it's like the hub, the heart of the convention. Sure. Yeah. Gamers like to be fed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah. uh, everything else gets squeezed in wherever we can find space. Yeah. Sure. You basically have the sort of run of the complex pretty much, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. So, I mean, over the last couple of years, gaming gaming worldwide, or tabletop gaming worldwide at least, has seen an explosion in interest and revenue as people are basically stuck in their houses and buying board games and role-playing games to, to play. What, do you know what sort of growth the Swedish gaming scene has seen in terms of interest, in terms of sort of mainstream appeal? We've seen a lot more sort of games like Wingspan, like Dungeons and Dragons coming into the mainstream and, and featuring on like British television shows and that sort of thing. Has, has, that, has a similar sort of thing happened in Sweden? I would say so. I mean, even my, my normie friends and colleagues know about D&D from, from like uh, TV shows and stuff. Uh, we're seeing uh, cafes with gaming themes, uh, hotels with gaming themes in Sweden. Hotels? Uh, yeah. Whereabouts? Um, uh, we have one uh, one chain that's um, together with, with the eSports 
uh, community of Sweden have, have had some. Wow. Uh, yeah. I don't think so anything cool. like that in the UK. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. So I've like you mentioned TV shows there, like do you think like sort of Stranger Things, that kind of thing is yeah, exactly an impact. Yeah. Is that a critical role as well? Is that, has that had an impact over in Sweden or is it more of the sort of like mainstream TV shows like like Stranger Things that are sort of having the interest ber- version in Sweden? I don't know what you would say, Pontus. For me, it's people I know that are into critical role are already part of the of the scene. It's nothing new for them. For yourself, Pontus, what's been your experience of the sort of growth of this the Swedish gaming scene? Have you have you seen it? Um, I don't think I have because I'm already in it, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> sure. um, but um, uh, I did catch the tail end of what Humpus was saying, and and uh, yeah, when it comes to stuff like Critical Role, I, I it uh, uh, I was going to say sadly, it, I mean, still nice for those of us who are converted, but they do preach to the converted a lot of the time. I think. Um, yeah. I hope it's growing. We do what little we can to make it grow. That's one of the things um, we always try to do with Gothcon is to reach out to new people and uh, uh, bring uh, bring in new people to the hobby and to the scene. Yeah. Do you get a like sort of wide range of um, folk attending Gothcon? Because one of the things I like about I eventually I don't go too much anymore, but UK Games Expo, for instance, which is the biggest UK gaming con, has quite a lot of families and, and folk attending, and people aren't necessarily gamers in air quotes uh, do, do you sort of attract like uh, people with a, a wide variety of interests not necessarily just the hardcore i would say that it's uh, mostly hardcore people or or not uh, if, if we see the statistics each year uh, i think that last time i checked 69 percent of our visitors had been on 10 or more gothcons sure and over 40 percent had been on on 20 or more gothcons so Wow. Uh, yeah, loyal, loyal people, which is awesome. But of course, we we would like to see more people, other people, uh, younger people, um, because we usually, like a joke, say that, well, last year the mid-age was 36, and this year it's 37. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And if you let that graph continue, it ends in a, well, <clears throat> predictable place. <laughs> yeah, it, it just ends, doesn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but one one thing that I do think is uh, uh, really, really wonderful with GothCon is that our exhibitors or organizers, then there is quite a large range of, 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 of what kind of uh, exhibitor they are. Um, we have everything from the big <laughs> the big league people like free league for example yeah. um and then we have the people who you know whether whether you might whether they might call themselves professional game publishers or not they're somewhere in the middle and then we have the kind of people who just make something in their basement so to speak or you know come sure. to gothcon to showcase their art um or their you know a gaming accessories that they make as a little side project or whatever it is and and that range i think is very wonderful because that's another side of the hobby beyond just the the, the players of games yeah, yeah. absolutely I'm, I'm i'm headed down to aircon uh, in march in uh, in harrogate down in england in york uh, near york and it's very similar it's got all a wide range of sort of publishers from sort of like big names to right, right down to small sort of like bespoke sort of handmade dice bags and that kind of thing so yeah well loads of people i'll be very interested to see what the swedish scene has to offer when i'm over 
Yeah. Among those, there are actually those who have been with us for, for several years that are not from Sweden. They come right. from, from Finland and, and, and England yeah. and, and yeah, other countries to attend right. and, and publish their stuff and show us their, their, the gear they made and stuff. It's great. Cool. What, what, what sort of, um, what sort of international exhibitors do you attract? Uh, we have, uh, Barton Jester from Finland. They make like steam, steampunk stuff. Okay. Yeah. Hats and goggles and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Sort of um, cosplay stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cosplay stuff. We have, um, Bartalon. I think he, he's a Polish guy makes leather crafting. Cool. So leather dice bags and that sort of thing. Nice. Lamentations of the Flame Princess uh, lives in Finland, but is American, right, Pontus? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Uh, J- yeah. James, James Raggy. Raggy. Yeah. Uh, one of those. Yeah. Raggy, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm familiar with Lamentations. Yeah. We also used to have, um, before he uh, before he passed, Joe Dever was a frequent um, oh, uh, right. yeah. visitor to... Um, to Gothcon because um, the um, the RPG publisher that had the rights to the uh, Swedish translations of Joe Joe Dever stuff um, are also fr- uh, frequent uh, uh, exhibitors with us. So they used to kind of invite Joe along. Oh, great! Yeah, and I, I never got a chance to meet him before. So I played some of the books when I was younger, huh. some some of the Lone Wolf stuff. But yeah, I, I, haven't really, I haven't really haven't really seen the RPG at all. A really kind guy. Yeah, yeah, he had he had a lovely reputation uh, amongst the community. was was much missed, still is. So, um, obviously, we'll touch on a little controversy here for a moment. Obviously, there's been a a massive backlash against Wizards of the Coast recently with uh, the release of the new OGL or the leak of the new OGL, and then backtracking. And we've covered extens- this extensively on the Brainwaves cast. Uh, what, what's the reaction been to the new OGL in in Sweden? I I I, I expect it's been the same as it's been um, uh, everywhere. I don't think people appreciate it. I especially think in a in a in a in a in a country where the hobby is very much historically uh, dependent on you know people being allowed to do their own thing with others work um i don't yeah. think it really plays very well and an, a bit of an oddity at gothcon is that despite the fact that D is by no means like it might be a little less popular in sweden than it is in other places it's still not unpopular but for weird random reasons we haven't had any D at gothcon um for many many years um, right. and yeah, and this year we had a an organizer, a former staff member, who said, "Wow, that's got to change. There's got to be D and D at Gothcon. It's Sweden's biggest RPG convention. Let's go." That got wow. cancelled around January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think why. No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, wow. But I, I also think that's partly because the strong tradition of the our own RPG scene that we. We can have so much content without having D and D. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Are quite a lot of the um, RPGs that are produced in Sweden? Do they do they say yeah, you can use our stuff however you want? Do they do their own sort of open gaming licenses or anything, or are they? Is it just is there an attitude more of sort of free use of this kind of thing? 
Not entirely sure. I believe, although I, if I get this wrong, I know several people who are going to correct me, um, but I believe uh, Free League uses OGL for their stuff. Certainly they'd announced um, when everything broke in January, they'd sort of said, like, yes, that, that we will be doing more OGL stuff ourselves. I don't know if they actually have one themselves right now, but they certainly said they'd be opening things up a bit more. Yeah. From what I, from what I remember. Um, and I know um, uh, for a long, long time, there was a, a great tradition at GothCon of people making uh, one-off scenarios based, I mean, mm, a lot of it was based on GURPS um, and things like that, um, that they would just, you know, they, they, they wrote a convention scenario, um, as they referred to them, and, and brought them along, um, either in completely neutral settings or, you know, based off of something like, oh, this is a bit mutant-esque and uh, things like that. Corrupts. Now, there's a system I haven't heard of for a while. <laughs> Never ran it myself, but yeah, has a bit of a reputation as <laughs> being quite complicated. Uh, so, uh, our... Uh, apart from Gothcon, are there any other? How, what's the sort of convention scene like in Sweden, in the sort of wider country? Are there other little, little cons around the place? Yeah, there are quite a few. Uh, we have had some some dealings with several of them um, in south and middle of Sweden. Um, our, our like sister convention is, is Lincoln in Linköping, right. and it's uh, like a month after us. Sure. So they're like pretty much. Same as us, but maybe a bit smaller. Sure, and where does that take place? Uh, in Linköping. It's on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, around mid-May, I think. Sure. Any others to note that our listeners should go, go to? Well, there are several. Um, there is Nakon, the, the big um, cosplay convention. All right, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's Nordsjön, uh, which is far up in the north of Sweden. Really nice and something I would like to go to myself, but unfortunately it's on the same weekend as Lincoln is. All ah, right, okay. Yeah, it's one of the things that, try, that conventions in the UK try to avoid each other a bit, but there's so many of them now that there's definitely some clashes here and there. Yeah, I think they're geographically so far apart. They think that... They don't compete about the same people. Yeah. That's fair enough. I, I feel uh, like I'm forgetting a lot of them now. Uh, I feel uh, did you mention BS Core? No, no. It's the closest one to us in, in Borosius, yeah. just outside of Gothenburg. And it's in like October, November each year. It's a nice convention with... Uh, I've been there myself for some miniature tournaments, like uh, Warhammer. All right, yeah. Yeah. Are you a big Warhammer player yourself, Hampus? Uh, I am. Primarily uh, more than a role player, actually. I've um, been playing fantasy for the past 15 years, I think. And when they did the end game stuff, uh, end time stuff, and then the Age of Sigmar, uh, I actually was part of the community that went with uh, the community built Ninth Age. So, so more built on the old fantasy setting. Sure. So the, the Games Workshop are like doing Old World, aren't they? They're sort of bringing back Warf Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of that. Uh, and, and sort of Warhammer Fantasy Battles as well. You, 
do you know much about that or looking forward to it? Because I, I sort of keep hearing bits and pieces of it, some of it official, some of it not. I'm a bit divided on that, actually. I mean, it would be nice to have a game to go back to with, uh, which is supported by company that releases yeah. new, new miniatures and updated rules and so on. But Games Workshop and rules aren't maybe the best combination. <laughs> and they make awesome miniatures, not so great rules. So I actually prefer yeah, the, the, the community rules at the moment. So Yeah, I used to be a big Warhammer player back, back in the day, but yeah, I just don't have the time for it anymore, unfortunately. Oh. So mostly mostly board games and some role-playing games these days. Yeah, I went over to you to actually play Middle-earth instead. All right, sure. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, since, never, I've never played it, but it seems to have a very loyal following that really love the game. Yeah. So, chaps, I think we're sort of coming to the end of the questions I've got for you. Oh, one more. Uh, are there any conventions, like, uh, given, like no restrictions on money and time. Are there any particular conventions you'd really like to go to or conventions you're intending to go to outside of Sweden? Yeah, uh, we are actually part of a European uh, project at the moment together right. with, with a German convention and a Finnish convention. Uh, so they are both putting people up to visit us uh, this year. Cool. So eight people from, from uh, Dreischkon in Germany and from Ropecon in Finland are visiting oh, us. Ropecon, I be, I'm, 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 I'm not re, I'm not attended it, but I'm sort of vaguely aware of it. Yeah. All oh, right, cool. So I think yeah, Ropecon is in the summer. So I'm actually planning on trying to go there. Great. Is that people from the committee coming or just attendees? I think it's from their committees. Sure. So they're sort of seeing how you do things. You go and see how they do things. That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And we have a, a project together. We're building a workshop to. Uh, get uh, kids or younger people into role-playing games. Oh, cool. How, yeah. uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Uh, I'm actually not part of that from, from our side. Uh, oh, sure. I see that, that one of the audience uh, is actually the uh, head from our side. Would the member of the audience like to come up and tell us about that? Emil, are you, are you up for that? Uh, I can no pressure. No pressure. It's just live. <laughs> uh, yeah. Up you come. Uh, hello. hello. Hey. Hi. Uh, yeah, uh, so you, sorry, what, what's your name? Uh, my name is Emil. Uh, I'm the uh, head of the uh, events, if you say, on Gothcon. Or, like, I organize, oh, right. coordinate all the, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? It's events, I think. Or organizers. Yeah. He's, organizers, he's my boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's this thing about um, sort of getting kids into role playing? What's what's that all about? Uh, yeah, it's um, a um, Erasmus sponsored project uh, oh, where sure. we, uh, together with uh, Ropecon and Drivecon, uh, are going to create a workshop uh, for to bring young people. Uh, uh, women and uh, like uh, groups that aren't really represented within the role-playing hobby very much. Okay. Uh, more uh, geared towards those uh, groups and also young people. Uh, and we're going to make a workshop concept uh, with like uh, materials and the instruction for how to run this workshop that will be uh, 
publicly distributed so that anyone like a teacher or someone having a uh, uh, their own uh, convention or anything can run this workshop anywhere in the world. Fantastic. I do send that my way when that gets together because we'll definitely promote that. On yeah, definitely. I mean, we're going to yeah, Thanks we're going to promote it from Gothcon as well. So yeah, 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 the, yeah. Do, do, do like message me or DM me when when that goes live because yeah, we'll absolutely yeah, sure. we'll absolutely promote that. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Cool. I'll just stick it back on the audience for now. Okay, cool. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Emil. Thanks, Emil. Awesome. I think we are done then, gents. Uh, so, uh, well, thanks very much, Pontus and Hampus, for coming along tonight and telling me a bit more about GothCon. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much again for inviting me over. And yeah, I will see you in April for sure. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, yes. Thanks very much, gents. Thank you.